Welcome to the Delivery Diaries with Vanessa Nag. This is a podcast about how families were started. Join us as we hear parents tell us their stories of how their children were delivered, whether that's through birth stories or adoption stories. Listen in as we laugh together, cry together, and learn together. In this week's episode, Jamila and Austin share the birth of their son. Jamila had a great relationship with her OB, so they initially chose to have their baby at the hospital. Halfway through her pregnancy, she started to have second thoughts, and then COVID-19 hit America. It was the push they needed to transfer care to a birth center. She had a beautiful birth with an incredible, loving, and supportive birth team. Well, welcome, guys. Thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you so much for having us. Do you want to tell listeners a little bit about you and your family? Yes. Um, So I'm Jamila Medley. My name is Austin Medley. Um, And we live in Dallas, Texas. Um, We are originally from um, Southern New Jersey. We're both from South Jersey, um, both um, born and raised. Uh, We've been living in Dallas for a little over two years. Um, And we just had our first child the beginning of June. All right. Well, do you want to tell us how you found out you were pregnant? So we weren't really trying. I'm going to just throw that out there. We knew that we had discussed, you know, like when we, you know, we make a plan. Oh, we're going to start trying then. Actually, we're going to start trying now. Um, And, you know, I had just been seeing so many people um, sharing their infertility stories and struggles with getting pregnant. Um, And so you know, then I started, we started having the discussion of, you know, maybe we should start trying sooner um, because we don't know what that looks like for us. Um, So we did. So basically I kind of woke up um, one day and I was getting ready for work and I sat on, I was, I was putting my shoes on to get ready for work and I sat on the couch and I just started having this conversation with God. And I was just like, you know, I think I'm pregnant. And he was like, yeah, you're having a baby. And this was like maybe two days after we had tried. And um, I was like, okay. Um, But I hadn't told him yet. I hadn't told Austin yet. And I kind of, we were just kind of trying to, you know, just see what was going to happen. But I hadn't taken a test at that point. Um, I was just relying on my faith and, you know, that conversation that I had with the Lord. Um, and a couple weeks later, about the beginning of October, I had come home from work one day and I was like, you know what? I think I should take a test. And so I did. And Austin wasn't home yet. Um, and the test said yes. And I was like, oh my gosh. But one of my um, really good friends is a nurse and she's like, well, you know, you need to take a couple. And she was the only one I had told. Um, She's like, you should take a few. And so I took a couple more and all of them said no. So then I was like, "Uh." Um, but then a couple weeks later, I took a couple more tests and then they all said yes. And so I um, told Austin and we were just ready to go. So I wonder why they said no. Was it, I guess, too early maybe? And I think that maybe I had like diluted my urine because oh. <laughs> I had like just chugged a bunch of water and oh, for sure, yeah. a bunch of tests again. The amount of money yeah. I spent on pregnancy tests, <laughs> looking back. <laughs> 
I know. It's so hard to not just keep taking them and taking them. I know. I I started crying, you know, when I saw the first yes, you know, tears of joy and miss and excitement and not knowing what to expect. Um, And then I was also just kind of like, well, is this, is this right? I don't know. Well, how did your pregnancy go? It went well. Um, I think that we both have different takes on how we were feeling. Um, When we first found out we were pregnant, you know, I was really excited, but I was more nervous in the beginning. Um, I would definitely say the first trimester because I didn't know what to expect. I really was feeling terrible. Um, Really terrible. I missed so many days of work. I was so sick. And I was just not enjoying <laughs> those first three months. I just was not enjoying it. And I was like, this is, if this is going to last the whole pregnancy, I don't think I can do it. Um, whereas Austin, I think was initially, he was excited from the beginning and his excitement just continued to build. You know, definitely initially very excited. Like, wow. Okay. Like we're doing this. We've always dreamed about this. We're about to be parents. And one thing I definitely feel like I took for granted before being a parent is health, right? That's one of the things I prayed about every night. I just want my baby to be healthy. And with coronavirus going and everything, we could probably talk about that more in detail later, but just praying for our child's health um, throughout the entire pregnancy um, and just praying for signs of confirmation that we're going to have a healthy baby so we can stop worrying about that. Um, yeah. But um, definitely excited about the pregnancy. Once I got to second trimester, I definitely, because everyone kept saying, once you get to the second trimester, it's going to be all rainbows and butterflies and you're going to love it. And I will say, I got to the second trimester and I was like, oh, I feel so great. Third trimester came around and I was like, okay, I feel good. But at the end, that last like month, I was like, whoa. Because <laughs> my due date was also miscalculated by a couple of weeks. Oh, was it? Um, so I we kind of knew the whole time that he was going to be that like my due date was not correct um, because it, we I knew when we had conceived. So when they were telling me like, oh, you're going to be due this day, and I was kind of like, oh, okay. So was it? Were they telling you earlier or later? Later. So when I delivered, I was actually at 39 weeks and one day, um, whereas based off of my due date, it would have been that I was 37 weeks. Oh, okay. Um, but we all came to the agreement that after, you know, after my son was born, I mean, his weight and he was just, he was a healthy full-term baby and just looking back at the photos, I've the love of the last couple of days. I've been looking back at all my pregnancy photos. I took photos every week, um, and I would document them and post them on Instagram. Um, but just looking at the last like four weeks leading up to that 39th um, week, I definitely there's no way that I was going to make it to June 18th. Yeah, and so you talked about how you switched from OB to midwifery in the middle of your pregnancy? Yes. Um, So Austin and I always had discussed, um, even before we had started trying, um, wanting to have a home birth. Now, so right now we live in an apartment building. So, you know, we had discussed it and we're kind of like, no, you know, we'll probably wait to do that for our second or third child or 
um, just later on when we have a house and we can feel more comfortable. Um, and I have a great relationship with my OB, um, who, you know, I've seen since we moved here to Dallas and, you know, we've just we're like, okay, we'll just go the hospital route. You know, we'll stick with our OB. I knew in my heart that that really wasn't what I wanted. And it was the beginning of February and I love taking baths throughout my pregnancy, a nice warm bath at the end of the day. Um, so there was one night I was in the bathtub and again, I'm sitting there having like this, you know, like worship experience. And I start having this conversation with God again. And he's like, you need to deliver in the tub. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, no, you need to deliver in the bathtub. Like you're going to have your child in the tub. The way that my body was relaxed, I just felt so comfortable. I felt empowered in the tub. I felt like that was my space. Um, and so I remember, do you remember that night yeah. I got out of <laughs> I got out of the bathtub and I just like walked down to the living room and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, we're going to have a tub birth. And he's like, okay. So this was actually, this is the beginning of February. And then um, I had started calling different hospitals because I was like, okay, I have to confirm which hospital is going to allow me to birth in the tub. And everyone was like, no, absolutely not. We, we won't even let you like labor in the tub. And then COVID happened and we just started having a discussion of like, is this really something that we want to do? Do we feel comfortable having our child in the hospital, especially under these conditions? Mm -hmm. um, and the answer was no. And we knew that we didn't want that from the beginning anyway. So it was just like more confirmation for us. Um, and we actually have a couple friend from our church who had birth at Origins um, and a couple of people that we had spoken to, um, a couple of doulas we had spoken to had recommended Origins. Um, so we had gotten some feedback from our friends who had birthed at Origins recently before us. And they had nothing but great things to say. You know, that transition process was pretty seamless. You know, we just kind of discussed it. And I feel like over two weeks, it kind of just happened. It happened really quick, honestly. You know, it wasn't our initial plans. And as everyone knows, like COVID just came. There were talks about it, but when things finally shut down and the hospitals were reacting and they're eliminating the amount of people that could go back with the, during the delivery. They weren't sure. Everything was up in the air. They were saying possibly I wouldn't be allowed back there with her. And, um, you know, I just love the fact that we had our first child at Origins. I just love the name Origins, right? My wife and I moved here to Dallas from New Jersey two years ago. It's kind of how we began our lives together. We were engaged when we first moved here. So when we got married, we were here in Texas, having our first child in Texas. And throughout the journey these past two years, um, my wife, she's been doing a great job becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right? We're building our lives together. So it's not all rainbows and sunshine, but during the pregnancy process, her comfort is the absolute utmost importance. So whatever she was going to be comfortable doing, I was 100% going to support her in that. So when it came to a water birth, okay, that's what you want to do. Let's do it. Oh, we don't want to do the hospital anymore. I was kind of pushing. I always try to push. But once I realized, okay, she's not going to be comfortable in the hospital, okay, what are we doing? I'm going to support you on this and let's make it happen. Yeah. And we did, you know, we were hesitant at first to share 
our change of plans with family and friends. We kind of kept it to ourselves for the first couple of weeks. And then we shared with our parents and, you know, everyone had their concerns about safety and everything like that. Um, But I think that we just, we make sure that the both of us were on the same page about this is what we're going to do. And, um, you know, we're just going to continue to pray through it and it's going to happen. It It's funny how you kind of get not backlash, but a lot of like your family and friends question when you're doing it somewhere that's not traditional, normal, traditional. Yeah. You get a lot of people that are like, wait, are you sure that's safe? But what happens if this and what happens with that? I got a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of um, coworkers and um, even some of my patients that would ask like, oh, where are you delivering? And I'm like, I'm delivering at a birthing center. And then there's like all these. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you take it with with grace and just, you know, I just was, you know, thank you so much. Yes. We're going to be safe. Whenever you take a route, that's not the traditional way. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely not to be compared, but like someone that's graduates high school, I'm not going to college and start my own business. Your parents, they want that secure route, that traditional route. To make sure you're going to be in good hands, and um, you know, our parents just coming from a loving place, just wanted what was best for us. Them being in New Jersey with COVID happening, they just wanted to make sure she was going to get the care and treatment that she needed. And, um, for sure, yeah, we had origins. The best care that we would have ever received anywhere. And um, I, I was watching, I was looking on your page, and you made a post um, just speaking about some statistics about around Black women in delivery. And just uh, about quality treatment and deaths compared to other people and stuff. And that's one thing I noticed the most was just the environment and how suited it was for Jamila to her needs. Um, the ability to be able to play worship music, um, the different um, affirmations on the wall, just the writings on the wall and the team there, the midwives. Um, she had her pelvic floor therapist there the photographer, myself, everyone just speaking words that you can do this, you're created to do this, you got this, you're beautiful, you're going to be a mom, and just surrounded with love, that type of environment, I don't think it would have been like that in the hospital, not even close. And not to say that the hospital isn't good for some people, but for my wife, this birthing home origins was exactly what she was supposed to give birth. For sure. Well, do you want to get into the birth? Yes. Okay, so on May 29th, I finished my, I ended work. And that that was not originally the plan because my due date, my miscalculated due date was June 18th. So I originally was going to be working until June 12th. Um, The third week of May, the beginning of that week, I just kind of felt in my spirit like, you know, I just, my body can't do this much longer. Um, I really think that maybe the end of May needs to be the last um, that I work. And my job is very physical. I'm an occupational therapist. Um, so I just was really listening to my body and it just wasn't suitable for me to continue working. So I finished work earlier, two weeks earlier than expected. Um, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have you know, a few weeks to rest. Um, and, you know, nest and get everything clean and ready. That Saturday, I woke up um, and I made I, I make I made these Saturday morning videos um, throughout my whole pregnancy. 
and I would post them on my Instagram story. And I made that video and I was kind of like looking at it when I was posting it. And I was like, will this be my last video? And then I was like, no, it won't be my last video. And, but I cherished that moment as I was posting it. I'm a very reflective person. Um, so, you know, like it just took me like, might've taken me an extra 10 minutes to post it because I was just so, I was really just reflecting on it and cherishing that moment that that might be my last pregnancy, first pregnancy video. So Sunday came, um, May 31st, and I woke up and I just felt off. I was, I was more tired than usual, but it wasn't like a mental fatigue. It was like, um, like, um, I just, my whole, everything just felt tired. And I I just knew that day I was like, you know, I think tomorrow's going to be the day. And as the day went on, you know, I was really, I was just totally out of it that day. And like my mom had just arrived here um, from New Jersey and she was self quarantining because of COVID. So she had her own um, apartment and she had been calling me and, you know, we usually FaceTime every day. So she'd been FaceTiming me and I was like, I just kept, you know, I denied it and I texted her and I was just like, I'm really not feeling well today. <laughs> um, and I was really on Austin about getting the car seat in the car. We had it in there, but we didn't install it correctly the first couple of times. And that afternoon I said, look, we got to get this car seat installed today. It needs to be in there correctly. And I'm not going to sleep until it's in there. This took five seconds, by the way. It <laughs> but I don't know why. We just couldn't get it right the first couple of times. But I think that we it was supposed to happen on that day. But so we went down. It was hot. I'm already tired. We, you know, we installed it. And then I felt a little bit better. We came back up, up to our apartment. Um, and I didn't tell Austin that day that I knew that it was going to happen the next day. I just kind of kept it to myself. And, you know, I just was really to myself that day because again, reflection and just wanting to enjoy that, that last day of like, this is the last day before I become a mother. Um, and that night I had asked Austin, like, can we watch a movie? Um, and Austin had found this movie on, um, on, I don't know what, maybe on Hulu and it's called, I still believe. And we love Christian worship music. And I, you know, being a singer songwriter, I absolutely love worship music. And I still believe was based around, um, one of my favorite worship singers. And so, you know, when Austin found that movie, I was like thrilled. I'm like, yes, this is what I need tonight. I'm going to make my red, my raspberry leaf tea and we're going to watch this movie and it's going to be great. And the movies came on and I started having Braxton Hicks contractions. I didn't say anything to Austin. I just was like, no, I'm just going to rock it out. You know, I'm sitting on the edge of the couch and I get on the ball and I'm just not even really thinking about it um, at the time. But looking back on it, I was really like prepping my body. Um, And we watched the movie and I cried hysterically. I'm always, I'm very emotional. Um, But there's one song and it's, it's called, I still believe. Um, and I instantly was like, you know, I'm going to add that to our labor and delivery playlist. So I had two playlists. I had like a calm worship playlist and then I had like an upbeat playlist. And if I wanted that, I didn't know what kind of mood I would be in. Um, but I added that song last minute to the playlist and we went to bed 
I woke up in the middle of the night around like 1.58 a.m. And that's when I had my first contraction. And my belly, like the shape of it just changed. And I noticed that before I went to bed. And it was just so strange. So I had my first contraction around 1.58 a.m. And I did not wake Austin up because I knew that it was going to be a very long day. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to let him sleep. And I'm just going to, because I was managing it. You know, I would just go to the bathroom. um, And I started having, like, I started having loose stool. And that's when I was really like, okay, this is really happening. Um, And I was managing it well. I had my breathing under control. I'm like, okay, you got this. You need to rest. They say you need to rest right now so you have enough energy later. So I would just go back to bed. Um, I had 92 contractions from 1.58 a.m. until like 1 p.m. Oh, wow. And Austin woke up around 8 a.m., maybe like 7.45, 8 a.m. And, you know, I just I was just kind of like, hey, um, having contractions. Um, I started having them in the middle of the night. And he's like, okay. And he's been working from home. So he worked, um, you know, he started his work day. And he was like, okay, well, just let me know if you need anything. And he just got me like the heating pad and, you know, some tea. And I was still, I was pretty good. I was talking through them. I was, you know, doing my thing um, and just resting. I was resting the first part of like all those contractions. And we got to the afternoon and he we walked in the room and he's like, do you need anything? And then I remember having like a very intense contraction and started to pick up a little bit. Um, and he was like, are you okay? And I was just like, um, he's like, should I call the midwives? Like, is this like baby time? Like, is this like, we, is it go time? Like, is this happening? And I was like, yeah, it's happening. Um, my contractions were still pretty far apart though. They were about 10, 15 minutes around the early afternoon. Um, so, so he did call the emergency line just to, you know, make them aware. Um, and he texted the birth photographer, um, and I used an an app contraction timer just to keep track of everything. Um, and they started getting closer, um, and more intense and that ramped up very quickly because it went from, you know, early labor and I can still do things. And, um, you know, like my outfit was already picked out. (laughs) because I knew the night before. So I was like, okay, everything's fine. And then he went to make me some soup and I sat down at the kitchen table and I was like, oh no, it's, it's time to go. (laughs) Um, so what time is that around? Uh, that was probably like around, I want to say three o'clock. Yeah. Maybe like two 45, three o'clock. Um, and he grabbed all the bags and we got on the elevator, went to the car And I remember standing in the parking garage and I was like, I was waiting for him to get the car. And it was a matter of like maybe 50 seconds. And I, that was one of, that was the worst contraction I had had. I had to like stop, hold onto the wall. And he pulled up with a car and I was like, okay, we really got to (laughs) go. I don't remember the car ride. Cause he asked me actually a couple, he asked me like two weeks ago. He's like, how was that ride to the birthing center? And I was like, I honestly don't remember the the drive because I was so focused on breathing and mentally preparing and resting. That was my biggest thing. I'm like, everyone says that the hospital transfer happens because of fatigue and I'm not going to get tired. <laughs> I was determined to have all the energy I needed. 
Um, so we finally got to the birthing center and it's so crazy. Cause as soon as we turned onto the street, I got so nauseous and I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to make it. And he pulled up and I literally jumped out of the car and I threw up on the side, on the outside of the birthing center, but it, and I hate doing that, but it honestly, afterward, I felt a little bit lighter. And although the contractions still were picking up every time, like I threw up, I felt a little bit better. It was so strange. Um, And then, you know, they were saying, yeah, it's like a free push. And it really was. Like I was, I pushed and he got lower every time. Um, so we went into the birthing center. When we got there, I was about a, I was at a four, but he was really, really low. So the contractions were just so intense. Um, and, you know, Amy, one of our midwives, she's like, you have to get to a six. Um, why don't you go walk around the park? And I'm like, walk around the park. <laughs> and then, so Austin and I had done a, a um, a class, a virtual class with, um, a doula serenity life doula, uh, Krisha. And we did the train for birth class and she kept saying, you know, you need to do squats, you need to do curb walks. She taught us a lot of great, um, exercises and resources to get through labor. Um, especially for him as like with supporting me. So he used every resource that she gave us. He's like, all right, let's go. We're going to do the steps. We're going to do some curb walks. We're going to do some squats. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not, I can't do it. And he's like, yes, you can. We're going to do five. And I'm like, oh gosh. So we really didn't get that far. It felt like forever, but it really wasn't that long that we were outside. It's probably about 30 minutes, 35. Yeah. And it picked up very quickly. I feel like after we did that and came back up, things just Mm -hmm. really ramped up. You know, Austin had mentioned to me later, he's like, I wonder if we continued to do, you know, to have you active, if it would have been even quicker. Um, So that's definitely something for the next birth that we'll consider. Um, But at the time I was like, I'm not doing anything else. I want to rest. I'm not getting transferred. I need my energy. So um, my pelvic floor PT and birth photographer arrived. Um, All the midwives arrived and contractions were really picking up. There's bits and pieces. I remember it all, but there's bits and pieces that I remember the most. Um, And I remember when we came back in and when my pelvic floor PT and birth photographer arrived and I was laying on the bed, side lying, and I just, my eyes were closed, but I I, I could see the light and just all of the love and support around me um, through those contractions. Because when you've, the first time you experience contractions, it's like, whoa, <laughs> this is what a contraction feels like. And then it starts to pick up and this is all new. Um, so feeling that energy and just that support was just really, really helpful. I labored in so many positions, <laughs> the bed, side lying on the edge of the bed, the toilet. We labored on the toilet for a long time yeah. and I dreaded it because as soon as we got there, the contractions got so much more intense but it was really helpful. And I, I kept hearing um, Amy and, and Megan um, and Jolene, and they're like, you know, you need to continue sitting on the toilet. Like, this is the best place to labor. And, and Amy kept saying, she's like, this is the best place to labor. I know the contractions feel more intense, but it's going to be, it's good. 
And I really do think that that like facing like the, the toilet, like the opposite way. Oh my gosh, this is intense. They had fans on me. It was just really an, an environment that I wanted um, because I had told Austin like weeks before, I'm like, I need a mini fan. I know I'm going to have hot flashes. I need the fan. I need peppermint oils. And that's what I need. And they sure had it. I mean, like even the birth photographer, she was incredible. She had, um, she, I was like, oh, I need peppermint. And she's like, oh, she needs more peppermint in the diffuser. Don't put more peppermint in the diffuser. You know, there was one point where, um, you know, like my pelvic floor PT was holding the barf bag with peppermint in it. And everyone was just like, so supportive. I never had to ask for anything. Like it was just there and everyone just kind of started to, to sense what I needed after we labored on the toilet. Cause so we did do the tub before we went on the toilet. Cause I remember it was still sunny outside. We were in the tub and Amy's like, do you want to get in the tub? And I was like, sure. Um, and she's like, and I was like, do I take everything off? And she's like, you're probably not going to need anything on until this baby arrives. And I was like, okay. So I got in the tub and um, started to really relax. And then with that's when we went to the toilet too and just moved it around a bit. I remember starting to kind of push laying in the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the peanut ball and Megan was kind of one of the midwives was kind of talking me through like, using my diaphragm. And as a singer, I use my diaphragm. But when you think about it, while you're having these intense contractions, it's so much harder than it sounds. And just, she was like, you know, talking me through it being a low, low, deep moan rather than a scream or a screech. Um, And it took me a little bit of time to get used to that and to get comfortable with that because I just wanted to scream. Um, and so when we finally got back in the tub, when it was like, this was the last time I was on my knees, I was on all fours and my arms were over the tub and my pelvic floor PT and I actually had practiced that position. Um, cause she had done, um, biofeedback on my pelvic floor to see which position, you know, I had the best, um, was most efficient for me when pushing. And that was the position that every single time it was just so comfortable. And I had the most, um, like she could just see that it, my pelvic floor was working its best in that position. So when we got in that position, she said to me, she said, this is the position you got this, he's coming. And she was holding on to me. And Austin was, this is, so Austin was very like daddy doula throughout the whole birth experience. And (laughs) But when we got back in the tub for the last time, I saw something change in him. And I think our birth photographer said it best on Father's Day. She made a post and she wrote, um, you know, I see you transform, talking about fathers, um, that she can see that transformation into fatherhood. And looking back, Austin kind of sat down by the tub and he had his hands on his knees and his Um, he has elbows on his knees and his hands by his face. And I could see that transformation. He was preparing himself and he was also still being very supportive and, you know, 
encouraging me and reminding me that I was made to do this. My body can do this um, and that there was no giving up, but I could totally, even without him saying anything, I could feel like, okay, I can't give up because this man is prepared. He's ready to go. I need to be ready to go. Um, And so we got in that position and the worship music was playing the whole time. And so um, it was very interesting because the song I still believe um, that I had added to my labor and delivery playlist last minute the night before started playing and I had gotten so exhausted. I started to understand how I needed to push um, and getting that deep moan. Um, and there was one push where I wanted to cry. And one of my sisters had asked me if I had cried and I was like, you know, I didn't actually like no tears actually fell from my, my eyes until he was in my arms during that whole delivery process. There was no tears. I wanted to cry and I was pushing. And I remember saying like to cat, I was like, I'm trying to cry. This hurts. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this. She's like, you can do this. Um, and I heard the song. I still believe playing in the background from my worship playlist. And the contraction had stopped and my midwives were like, okay, reset, you know, catch your breath before the next contraction. And I was so exhausted. I had reached that point of like absolute exhaustion. And I was like, I got to do this. (laughs) And I just bared down. And that next contraction, I felt it ramping up and I started pushing in a different way. And I was like, Oh, and then I felt that ring of fire that they talk about where like a baby's head is, you really start to feel baby's head crowning um, at the, you know, right there. And I was like, oh, that's the way I'm supposed to do it. And that switch for me was, it really changed the situation because I was like, okay, I can do this. This is how I do it. Now we can do this. Um, And we started push. I started pushing, 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 you know, could feel him just there. And I'm like, he's not out yet. I feel like I've been pushing forever. <laughs> and nope, he wasn't out yet. <laughs> and I think it might've been at the time it felt like forever, but it really was only a matter of maybe like 30 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of the midwives said, Oh, we can see your baby's hair. We can see his hair. And I was like, okay. So then I start, you know, trying to push some more. And she's like, why don't you reach down and touch your baby's hair? She's like, I know you haven't reached down yet. You've been really hesitant to do so. But I think that'll give you the motivation that you need. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And it was more so I didn't want to reach down because I had found a comfortable position. (laughs) And I really didn't know if I was going to get back into it. And I also was just nervous. And I didn't want it to scare me. Um, but she's like, no, it'll. this will encourage you. And when I reached down, that was, that was the biggest shift for me. Um, you know, after just realizing how I needed to push. And now I reach down and I feel the top of my baby's head. And that was like the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I pushed as hard as I could after that. I was like, I can do this. And I tilted my pelvic floor in a completely different way. um, And he just started coming out. And it's funny because 
you feel your baby's head come out and then you're kind of like, whew, okay, where is he? <laughs> and then it's like, no, you got to keep pushing. He has the rest of his body to get out. And you're like, oh gosh. Um, but when he came out and Austin grabbed him and brought him into my arms, I just remember saying, he's just so perfect. He's so precious. And just looking at him, he had his one little eye open and he still does that now. He'll like open one eye and just look at you while his, his head is just resting on your chest. He was just looking at me and um, I just, we were just in awe, in complete awe. Um, and then no one reminds you that you have to, I mean, no one tells you beforehand that you have to deliver your placenta. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's placenta is not the same size. <laughs> just like everyone's baby is in the same size. And so, you know, you're in this blissful moment and they're like, okay, time to deliver your placenta. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> and basically uh, one of our midwives, Megan, she's like, all right, just try to cough or laugh. And so I did that a couple of times and most of it came out, but then there were some other pieces that still had to come out. So, um, but it's like the stuff that no one really talks about. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. And, but our pl- the placenta was huge, um, very heavy. Really? Yes. And it's so weird because, you know, like I take my placenta pills. And if you asked me two years ago to look at a placenta, honestly, months ago, to look at my own placenta, I would have started gagging. And I would have said, <laughs> absolutely not. And I'm not going to take pills of my placenta. <laughs> but something just changes as soon as you go through that delivery, labor and delivery experience and you deliver your child and you just want to know, you just want to be a part of every single thing that birth, that the whole birthing experience again. And I just, I don't know. I'm just like in awe. I still look at the pictures of my placenta and some people are probably like, Oh, that's so gross. But until you experience it, you just have no idea just to think like, wow, that was a part of me and my baby. I grew that, you know, and then I'm like, wow, that was like half of the weight. (laughs) Um, It was just such a great, just a wonderful experience. And I love talking about it. Um, And that's why I tell people all the time, like, if you want to, you know, if you want any information or any resources or anything, like if you want to hear a birth story, I'm just all about talking about it because it just helps me relive that experience over and over again. And especially today with today being such like a rough day for our little one um, with fatigue and I'm so tired and just being up at night, um, you know, it's just so nice to talk about it and just relive it again. My prayer was just for a speedy delivery. You know, after she reached a, a six, she delivered in about five hours. So Throughout the active labor, throughout the pushing, I felt myself feeling like, oh, I need to do more, right? And she had a dream team, absolute dream team. All three of the midwives were there. Photographer was helping out. Her uh, public uh, floor therapist, she was there doing a phenomenal job. And I was kind of like, when Jamil was talking about that transition, especially when it came to showtime, you know, I just realized that you know, I just need to be present. You know, they got this. She's in great hands right now. I'm just going to be here. I'm going to speak a word to her when she needs it. And I'm just going to be here and be present for my wife and my baby. 
you know, I just, the, the experience was just phenomenal and we really couldn't ask for anything better. Um, one other thing um, that was shocking to our family was how fast we were home. <laughs> you know, delivery, she, they cleaned her up, make sure she had the fluids and her blood pressure was where it needed to be. Baby Major was all healthy and we got home around 2 a.m. in the morning and we slept yeah. in our own beds and had our baby. Everything was great. Mm-hmm. Delivered at 9.30 and then we got home around 2.30 a.m. It wasn't like they were rushing us or anything, but it's just like we were good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so nice. Yeah. yeah. It was just wonderful. I had told my pelvic floor PT the week before, um, she's like, oh, what room are you going to birth in? And I was like, well, it seems like everyone likes to birth downstairs, but I kind of really like the upstairs one because I had had an appointment my last, I had just been there that Thursday before I delivered on Monday. And it's so crazy because I saw Megan and she's like, oh, you could go to 41. You might have five more weeks left. And I'm like, I literally said to her, I'm like, I really don't think I'm going that much longer. <laughs> um, and she, she's like, you know, just guessing the weight of this baby. He might be small, um, but you just never know. And it's just so funny because I, you just know your body and you can feel, you just know, like you just, especially when you're in tune with your body. And that's something that I try to be very conscious about is being aware of my body, even pre-pregnancy, just, um, I have different allergies and food aversions and things like that in general. And so that has forced me to make sure that I am in tune with my body and know how my body's reacting to certain things. And so I just knew. And that day when I was leaving Origins, um, I had to go to the bathroom and every bathroom, the bathroom downstairs was full, the bathroom upstairs was full. And then the only bathroom left was the one in the upstairs um, birthing suite. I was like, oh, let me go in the upstairs birthing suite. And I went to the bathroom in there and I was like, I love this place. This is where I want to deliver. And then I saw a cat. Um, I think I saw her the next day and then my pelvic floor PT. And I said to her, I was like, I think I want to birth in the upstairs, but everyone births downstairs. I don't know if it's like a, a thing, if there's something about the upstairs that no one wants to birth in, um, besides the fact that the tub is, is a little bit farther. So you have to walk into a different room. But I actually loved that about it. I love that it was separate, but it was also one. Um, and I just love the windows. I loved that open environment. Um, it just, I just knew that that's where we were going to deliver. And so what happened was when we got to the birthing center, um, I walked in and Priscilla at the front desk, she's like, oh, you're going to have to have the upstairs. And I'm like, that's fine. Someone was already in the downstairs. So I was, it honestly just worked out perfectly. Um, exactly how God wanted it to work out. We were just in that place at the exact time that we needed to be. And I just feel like there was just such an incredible spirit. Um, and just everyone was just, it was just overwhelmed with love and joy. And I'm just so thankful for this birthing experience. And I don't have anything else to compare it to. And I'm glad that this was our first experience because it really set the bar very high um, for 
the rest of our pregnancies and births. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had a really beautiful birth. Yes. We, we went back for, um, you know, one of our postnatal appointments. I sat in there and nursed my our son. Um, and I just sat there and just like looking at the tub and the windows. And I was just like, wow, like sometimes you have to remind yourself. And I don't know if it's just because it was a natural birthing experience, but I still can't believe some days that I did that. And I just sat there and I just was like, wow, like, oh, just so thankful. And I have to admit, like, it's like a little bit of this a bit intimidating, like, like she just did this. Like, wow, like you are qualified. You are a mother. Like <laughs> you put your time and energy in and like, here I am, you know, just like just being an absolutely natural motherly instincts and everything. So just having that grace with myself, even out after the pregnancy and just giving myself time to learn. And, you know, I remember just taking pictures of my son first. I'm all tense and holding him, being extra careful. And, you know, we're, we're both learning, but um, just kudos to all the mothers out there. You are incredible. And we thank you. And we honor you. And uh, I just couldn't be more happy and proud of my wife. Yes. It's such an empowering moment when you give birth. Absolutely. So if you had any bits of wisdom for mothers for labor, pregnancy, birth, what would that be? Definitely listen to your body. Um, Try to be as prepared mentally and in tune with yourself and what your needs are. Um, That would be my biggest, biggest advice because I feel like that was a strength for me. I feel like if I was not as aware um, and prepped, you know, yes, you get so much prep from your, you know, from your midwives or your OB or whoever. Um, and if you have a doula, there's so many resources. Um, but it ultimately really comes down to you taking those resources and knowing what resources you actually need um, for you and for that pregnancy. Because what I needed for this pregnancy is probably going to be different from what I need for my next pregnancy. Um, So just being aware of that and showing yourself grace in that way throughout your pregnancy um, would be my biggest advice. And also um, creating the birth environment that you want. I really want to encourage people and I've been like posting on Instagram and just trying to encourage people not to be afraid to choose the birth experience that you want. There's going to be so many people that want you to do, you know, have your birth a certain way. And unless there's medical restrictions or precautions, you know, you can have that birth experience that you really want. Um, Even for the moms that have had C-sections in the past. Um, You know, I have a friend who's had a C-section and she never knew that she could have a vaginal birth after a C-section. And, you know, I just am so, after this experience, I'm just really want to encourage and empower women that you can have a natural birthing experience. You can have it at the hospital if you want, but creating that environment um, with the type of care that you want, the people that you want at your birth um, is really important. 
Definitely. It makes a world of a difference. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Austin, if you had to give any bits of wisdom to dads and partners, what would that be? Definitely um, being present and staying ready because it's time is time. You know, my wife, when I woke up that morning, my wife said, oh, I'm having a contract. I'm like, like, so like, is it, is it time time? Or you're like, what's that mean? She's like, yeah, I think it's time. Okay. So I'm mentally preparing myself throughout that day and just being ready and available for whatever she needed. And, um, you know, I know I can't really give advice to mothers, but just from watching my wife and her birth experience, um, when she had nothing left in the tank, and she asked herself, how could I do that? How did I do that? And they told her to reach back and touch her baby's head. Something switched. Something happened. And especially all the believers out there, there's a spirit that lives in you that is greater than you are, that has far more abilities than you have physically. And when she was on empty, when there, she no longer had anything left, something overcame and she delivered that baby. She got the strength she needed that wasn't there before. And it was just beautiful and powerful. And I was just so thankful to be present and be able to witness that. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story. I really was so excited to hear it. And it was a really beautiful birth. Oh, thank you. Thank you you so much for having us and for allowing us to share our story. Again, it just is so nice to relive it. Thank you you so much for listening to this episode of the delivery diaries. If you're loving the delivery diaries, birth and adoption stories, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, head over to at the delivery diaries on Instagram and Facebook.